0: Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to our podcast.
0: It's not how you start, but how you finish.
1: We are your co-hosts,
0: Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know,
1: no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made,
0: we will not allow our past to determine our future.
1: We welcome our guest, Reverend Tamika Nicole Giroux, to share some of her current journey as a single mom. Welcome.
2: Thank you again so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to share a little about my journey as a single parent.
1: Great, Delora. We're so glad to have you. So can you briefly share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally?
2: Absolutely. Personally, I'd like to say that I am a human being embodied as a Black woman who is called to be a mother, be a daughter, be a sister, be a friend, to be a cousin, uh, to be a healer, to be an encourager, a caregiver. Professionally, I am an ordained member of the clergy. I have been in ministry for over 20 years at this point. I've had a very interesting journey um, moving from being a preacher's kid called to be a preacher. Uh, I've worked in youth ministry. I've served as an executive pastor at a church, and I am currently working with women in leadership. who are also women of color and women of faith while helping out my home church. Praise God. Amen.
1: So what are some lessons learned so far on your single parent journey?
2: First, I like to say that I am a single parent by way of divorce. I have two beautiful uh, young children, Kennedy Noel. She is five. She'll be six in October. We're preparing for the kindergarten journey now. And Keon Nicholas Xavier is four. So I have a four-year-old and a five-year-old. My babies are 17 months apart. Now, getting on to some of the things that I believe the Lord is showing me as a single parent, one I've learned how to unapologetically take care of me first. I know that this sounds easy, but it's not always as easy as it seems. As a woman, particularly as a mother, society somewhat conditions us to take care of everyone else, often at the expense of ourselves. But I've learned how to take better care of me and to pour from the saucer. The word that I adopted for 2021 is balance. So I've been working uh, very intentionally to make sure that I have balance in my life. This is not always easy for me as I am in what they call the sandwich generation. So not only am I taking care of my children, I'm also helping to take care of my parents. Secondly, I believe that I've learned that the Lord is showing me that my household is the first church that I shepherd. I often say that I have two non-tithing members in my household. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) So I work to make sure while I'm taking care of everybody else, while I'm ministering to the needs of others, that it first starts at home. Uh, thirdly, one of the things that I have learned to embrace is to not fall prey to statistics or societal standards. I often confess over my family that we are complete because God makes us complete. We are not incomplete because of the absence of a male in the household, but we do believe that God makes up the difference. Two other things I just want to share with you very quickly. One, I've learned to find value in the village. And this has become a little challenging in light of COVID because, as you know, we can't move about as freely as we have in years past. But I am so grateful for my village that still finds ways Uh, to show up for us, whether it be uh, doing our grocery shopping or having food sent to us by way of Uber Eats, showing up for drive through birthday parties. My village has really been a blessing to me. And if I did not have them around, uh, I don't know how I would be able to do what I do from day to day. And so that's something that's very important to me. And lastly, I've learned to embrace, and I believe that God continues to show me that God indeed provides. There's one income in this household. uh, A lot of my income was lost uh, because of COVID, but God has allowed us to have every need met, every debt paid. Uh, God has allowed me to keep my children in private school, and God's just taken Good, 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 good care of us. So that's one thing that I continue to stand on that God provides for us. And
1: I wanted to jump in. I just give God the glory for your points and how you broke it down. I too can relate. It was um, by way of divorce when I was a single mom, but I don't let that define me. I learned from it and things like that. I was reading a devotion called Living Change as a Single Mom. And day two is titled Identity. It says, like it or not, we all wear labels, friend, daughter, and coworker. For women raising children alone, we also wear label single mom. Some wear it like a badge of honor, exclaiming, I do bring home the bacon, I fry it up too. For some, it feels like a heavy and unwanted label thrust upon them. Still for others, it's just one of many hats worn in a blur of the man's called life. However, you wear the label of single mom, it's actually not who you really are. Yes, you are a mother who raises children without a spouse, but to reduce the sum of your amazing self to just a single mom doesn't do you justice. As followers of Christ, Jesus invites us to find our identity in him. He says we are co heirs made in his image, beautifully and wonderfully made, redeemed, and even his friend. That's just to name a few. What I love most about who God says we are in his word is that it has nothing to do with our circumstances, past or present. Our identity, when rooted firmly in him, allows us to honor and glorify God and experience joy no matter what is going on in our lives. This means that I don't have to be super mom or a victim. Your identity doesn't have to be tied to what you've done, your relationship status or the lack thereof. Finding your identity in Christ frees you to just be you while bearing his image for all the world to see. God, thank you that no matter what happens in my life, on what my circumstances are, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus, help me to find my identity in you. Help me to believe that I am completely yours and free from comparisons, striving to measure up and trying to fill voids with anything but you. I love you, Jesus. I want to look more like you. Amen.
0: Praise God, you I just want you to know that I heard everything you said, and the scripture that falls in my spirit when you was talking is Philippians four nineteen, which says. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And I thank God for your testimony. Yes.
1: And I wanted to give God the glory because I was blessed by your sermon titled, Yes, Lord, from Luke 1, 26 through 38, and then verse 45. And all the points you had mentioned about you have to have self-care and your first ministry is your family, and then that support. The point that you had preached on um, in regards to Mary, when you said I'm married, I needed to connect with another sister, it gave me the illustration of the village because I thank God that I had family when I relocated to Philly, when I became a single mom that supported me, but also my church family and other single moms. So when you preached that sermon that blessed my spirit, that stood out to me. It just really blessed my spirit. Everything about the sermon blessed my spirit, but it was just like, wow, you know, you mentioned the village.
2: I often say it all starts with a yes. And we have to be very intent on giving God a yes, uh, not just with our lips, but with our lives. And I have learned, you know, as the hymn writer says, whatever my lot thou has taught me to say, it is well. And as we say yes to God, we know that we're not saying yes to ourselves. We know that we're not saying yes to society. And that helps us again to say, whatever my lot thou has taught me to say, it is as well. So I get up every day really giving God my yes. I wanted to circle back to the devotion. It's so important to be mindful of who and what we allow to label ourselves. And we have to also sure that we're not even labeling ourselves because we downplay who God says that we are. I made sure very early on at the onset of my divorce, as a matter of fact, uh, that I was not going to hang my head in shame, that I was not going uh, to hang my head in regret, that I was not going to allow uh, the whispers of others to drown out the voice of God. And I decided I was not going to wear it as a scarlet letter. And at the same time that I was not going to wear it as a badge of honor, but I was going to find that sweet spot in between and just moving in what God called me to do and who God called me to be. And so I thank God that God trusted me to nurture and to develop these two little beautiful souls and to co-journey with them through this thing called life. I look at parenting from a stewardship perspective and I thank God that God entrusted me to help to steward these two little souls.
0: Well, I just thank God for her today because she's really of my spirit. And I also was listening to a couple of uh, your know, sermons, primarily from the ones that you preached at Mount Sinai. There's a saying that I've heard you say a couple of times, and it's in reference to uh, Exclusive the 7th chapter, verse 8a. And I want to know today, what is your perspective on better is the end of a thing than the beginning?
2: I remember going to a church in Connecticut and there was a lady that was leading worship and she really spoke to my soul in a way that she had no idea. And while she was leading worship, she was sharing her testimony and she said, what looks like the end is really an exit. And that really helped my perspective. Because again, sometimes not just with society, but sometimes we speak things to ourselves. And at the moment, at the onset of my divorce, I really did not know what life was going to look like for me. I really did not know if my call would be a casualty of my divorce because divorce is still not really looked favorably upon in the church Uh, as a single woman, particularly as a divorced woman. I didn't know how all of these things were going to be affected. But again, as as the scripture says, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. And I had to continue to walk in blind faith, trusting God that what looked like Was going to be a bad thing that God could still work in and through this, according to Romans 8 and 28, and to make something. Beautiful out of my life. So as I again, I did not get married to get get divorced. I did not see this as a part of my life's plan. But I know that although it caught me off guard, it didn't catch God off guard. And I'm just believing that God is able to continue to do much better than this, whatever our this may be.
0: I really appreciate you saying that because one thing I know for sure is that when God allows us to go through a thing. It's for his good. He's going to get glory out of it because how people may look at it, sometimes it don't matter how we may look at it at that time, but God is going to get the glory out of that thing some kind of way or another.
1: Amen. And I I thank you for your transparency because I can relate to you like what you were saying. Like I didn't plan to get married to get divorced. It was just interesting. And your second point from your Yes Lord sermon was about, Mary pondering the things in her heart and you reference like her laying low. And I just thought that was profound because I didn't know how things was going to be myself. Like mind you, I came from another whole state. I lived in Miami, Florida. And I was just like, okay, Lord, um, if you give me this opportunity in Philly... <laughs> then I'm gonna do this. So, you know, it came to pass it, that opportunity happened for, you know, employment. And so my mom, my uncle, and my aunt they came down with a U-Haul truck. And I can relate, my kids are 17 months apart. One was in pull-ups and one were in diapers. And it was so cold. It's like in November. I was like, Laura, okay, you got this. And I just thank you for your transparency and thank you for sharing that because Even sometimes when we, and I can speak for myself, may put labels or get into my flesh and stuff with things. It's just like, God, you have a bigger purpose because as I continued on the journey, I wasn't alone. Like, we're not alone. It gave me compassion. It it taught me a lot that I needed to learn about me and just loving all my kids and knowing that God was faithful and continuing to keep us because like you said like with the pandemic that was my story as well too because I was in my season of my wilderness um as a single mom so I was really out of work and I was like God you got this but it taught me a lot and God still kept us so I just thank you for that
2: Absolutely. If you would allow me uh, to just touch on the point that you mentioned, Mary took all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Uh, I want to share about the immediate time post my filing for divorce. I took time away from church. And I know, you know, when some people hear that it, you know, causes them to gasp, maybe even audibly, the preacher woman took time away from church. Yes, I did. And I still proclaim that that was one of the best decisions in my adult life. Uh, I took time, I say it was the first time that I was able to take time as a free agent. As I mentioned, you know, I was a preacher's kid that became a preacher and all of my adult life was in some form of, Formal ministry. And so this was my first time being a free agent. It was my first time uh, not being directly connected to a church in a leadership capacity. And so my children and I took a year off from church. We took a self imposed sabbatical. We took time away from the public eye. We took time away from the matter of public opinion. And um, we spent time on the road. We spent time with family. We spent time in what I like to call safe houses. We spent time. Um, with people that I could literally bear my soul with, people that I knew I could trust my children with. And I believe that taking that time from me off the grid helped me to heal in a way that I would not have been able to heal while moving in the fast lane, while living on the hamster wheel, while, you know, again, hearing the whispers of public opinion. God allowed me to shut my ear from all of that. And I believe that I was able to heal in a more expedited way because of that. And it really gave me an opportunity to pull away from the church, to reacquaint myself with the God of the church. Come on now. And that was so very important for me. And it was a very beautiful time. And let me pause parenthetically to say that, It was not without parameters. And I also want to say that I did not walk away from church. I was never mad at God. I never questioned God. But I know within myself that I needed that time. I needed to figure out who Tamika was, who Tamika the person was. And I just really needed to recollect and regroup. I I did that with pastoral accountability. I did that with professional therapy. I did that with with the accountability of friends. And so I was not just out there by myself. I had a great cloud of witnesses to make sure that this train did not derail.
1: Praise God. I'm glad you shared that. I just wanted to add too, when you had mentioned the push and pull, it just made me think when you mentioned that you had the accountability, because I remember as a single mom having those spiritual moms and that accountability. And I just give God the glory for that. So I thank you for sharing that and going into detail.
2: And one of the things that I, on the other side of things now, because I do believe that I'm on the other side of, a great part of my healing journey. I believe that healing is a daily decision because once we get to the place called heal, we have to work and even fight to maintain our healing. Uh, it took a very long time uh, to see that ship turn. And even though I know it was turning, <laughs> it took a very long time to actually see that the ship had turned. But as I take time to, you know, kind of sit down now and to say, lie and to reflect, I see how God, I believe, strategically placed successful women that look like me, successful single brown women, single mothers that raised healthy children that were able to still be successful in their career. And in that, God showed me that it could be done because sometimes we get lost and we forget or we don't feel like things can be done because we haven't seen them done or we don't up examples and God allowed me like those Marys and Elizabeths that we talked about in that (laughs) sermon to interact with them and to share intimate spaces with them uh, and to simply just help me see that this can be done. It doesn't have to be God was showing me that I did not have to sacrifice my career or my call. Ministry is my vocation, but ministry is also my profession. God showed me that I didn't have to sacrifice my profession and my vocation to raise healthy children. I could raise emotionally balanced children while still maintaining success in my own personal life. Won't God do it?
1: Did you want to share any practical tools or resources, scriptures that, you know, can be helpful to those who are single parents? Was there anything else on your heart or in your spirit that,
2: you know, you want to share? For one, I would probably say, and I know this sounds, you know, easy peasy, as the kids would say, but my seminary professor would say, it's simple in its profundity and profound in its simplicity. Do not discount the power of prayer. And I often say that prayer is not just communication. We're not just talking to God and waiting to hear from God. Prayer is communion and prayer happens on a deeper level and we can speak to God, our most intimate thoughts. We can lay our hurts and our fears and our our insecurities and our feelings of inadequacy. We can lay those rawest thoughts at the altar for God to receive them. And so I would definitely say, do not ever discount the power of prayer. The hymn writer says, as you can tell, I'm a Baptist baby and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> the hymn writer says, have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about the troubles. He will hear your faintest cry and will answer by and by. And there were moments where I honestly, you know, personally did not have the strength to lay at the altar, laying down, clapping and say, Father, I stretch my hand. You know, there were moments where all I had was a faintest cry, or there was moments like Hannah where I did not have words that I could trust God to hear the prayer of my tears. And in prayer, which leads me to my second point, prayer helps to give us to receive strategy, and it's important for us to have a strategy with our parenting. Uh, there's an old proverb that says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And so God will give us strategy, which is a specific plan for a specific situation. And God will give you something that you can't read in a book. God will give you something that you don't hear from an expert, maybe even through a podcast. God will give you a specific plan for your purpose. And so again, that's why it speaks uh, to the importance of prayer to get those fresh downloads from heaven and then reach out for support. Oftentimes single parents feel alone, and we sometimes like the, the scripture says, life and death is in the power of the tongue and you'll eat the fruit thereof. And sometimes we are a product of what we speak. Sometimes people speak, you know, I'm all alone. I have to do this by myself. I don't have any help. I have to carry this load. And as the old church mother would say, the devil is a liar. You will look for what you find. And I believe if you open up your heart and if you open up your mouth and speak positivity and speak affirmations, that you will see them manifest in your life. Um, even if you don't see it nearby, thank you, God, that I have helped. Thank you, God, that you're sending me support. Thank you, God, that you're sending me a sensitive ear to hear. Thank you, God, for sending me someone that I can trust my children with. And God will help us to see that we do not, have to carry the load alone praise God did you have
0: anything Solomon? no I'm just listening to what she's saying and, and it makes miss a lot of sense because one thing we know is that long as we're open to the will of the Holy Spirit it's going to lead us and guide us to where God wants us to go so we got to be open-minded and connectedly as, as the book tells us in John 15 we have to be truly connected to Jesus Christ in order for him to guide us
1: I wanted to share, I was blessed by your bio, and I wanted to share that, you know, I could relate to some of the stuff that you put in here. I love, closer to the last part of the paragraph, you stated, You're inspired by Luke 4 18. She is often her saying, I must be faithful to this moment and the time that God has given me. I recognize that the anointing on my life is tied to the needs of others. Someone somewhere is counting on what God has placed inside Amen. of me. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen.
2: Before we close, I just want to encourage all of the single parents out there, particularly single mothers, but I do want to also acknowledge single parents because single mothers aren't the only ones heading households or raising children. We do have some fathers that have stepped up as well. So I just want to encourage the single parents, whether they come in the form of a mother or a father. And particularly for those that may be single parents by way of divorce or even just a failed relationship, period. I want them to keep in mind that just because you failed at something doesn't mean you're a failure. Sometimes we allow our situation to determine our identification and we have to make sure that we keep in mind that just because we failed at something does not mean that we're a failure and so be encouraged as you walk in your journey. Know that one of my favorite quotes says, Difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. And I thank God that God has allowed me to live long enough to see that ring true in my life. 2019 and 2020 were very difficult years in my life. For many, the pandemic caught them off guard and it started the onset of a difficult season. But I say uh, that 2020 was a light affliction compared to 2019. 2019 actually helped to prepare me mm. to through 2020 with a spirit of excellence. But through what I went through, it produced a version of me that no other season would have produced. And I can say through it all that I am who I am and I am what I am not in spite of what I went through, but because of what I went through. Praise God. Praise God. A deep level of maturity to be able to say that. But again, all that I went through, I realized that it's not for naught. So I say to you all, thank you. Uh, for letting me share parts of my journey. Thank you for letting me share pieces of my experience. And I hope and pray uh, that someone was encouraged by something that was said.
1: To God be the glory. We thank you, my sister, Reverend Tamika Nicole Giroux. We were so blessed by this. To God be the glory. No matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our stories along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.